Yeah, so in my theology class, we talked about the different perspectives of hell, which I found kind of interesting that a lot more students were um, leaning more towards this side of, of that there's kind of maybe a second chance for people after they die, or maybe that there's something more that we don't know about. What, what do you think the church will look like with you all as leaders in 20 years? He, he kind of runs the show. He doesn't, in a sense, disciple his leaders to help run, run the show. He kind of runs the show himself. And when he leaves, it kind of leaves the church dry. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have leaders who know how to lead the church. And, Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and man, does it get hard sometimes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I am your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, we have covered a lot of different topics in these podcasts. In fact, as I've been reflecting over uh, the last few months that I've been doing this, I've uh, done over 21 podcasts. I'm really encouraged and, and challenged by... Uh, what I've done, and I keep looking for ways to reach deeper, to cover topics that we've not covered before, and I think I found one. I, I'm excited today to be talking about something that uh, I think is very relevant and uh, concerns this generation. I know the millennial generation gets picked on a lot, but we're going to be talking today about their attitude and uh, their understanding and commitment to church, to local church. And uh, I solicited some help of several students at Tacoa Falls College who are preparing for ministry, and I'll be introducing them in just a few moments, and you're going to be hearing from them. Um, but before we do that, you probably have heard this statement before, maybe not exactly like this, but, but certainly in uh, this kind of uh, tone or attitude that someone will say, I love Jesus, but I'm not a big fan of the church. And uh, there's a strong evidence today that our millennial generation, and again, this is the generation that does get picked on a lot, uh, is becoming increasingly dissatisfied with church. And that's why I'm referring to this podcast as the optional church generation. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, this generation has seen a lot. Uh, our generation has focused a lot uh, on being attractional, being sensitive to culture around us, being appealing. And uh, may maybe in some sense this generation is reading through that and is longing for something a lot more authentic and a lot more real. Uh, but I think there's some theological reasons for this. Um, in, in terms of uh, our understanding of what Jesus is doing and how he's doing it. And, of course, uh, I come at this with sort of a bias or an assumption that what God does, he does through his body or with his body, which is the church, the local church. Uh, so this is becoming a, a crisis of sorts today, uh, particularly if you are one, as I am, who, who strongly believes that what God is going to do, he's going to do uh, through the local church. Um, I had a great discussion recently with a professor from Tacoa Falls College, uh, Forrest Shell. He is a former missionary and now working uh, part-time with the college, but also part-time with the denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and helping candidates process through the system, if, uh, for lack of a better term. And we were at a panel interview. About six of us were in a class and were asked a lot of questions about calling and about passion and ministry and that sort of thing. And afterwards, we had a conversation 
uh, as the students all filed out. And um, he made a comment to me that um, that more and more uh, Christian young people are less connected to church than he's ever seen before. In fact, he's seen a rapid uh, change in, in that just in the last few years, maybe even in this generation of students coming. And uh, we talked around that subject or talked about that subject for quite a bit, you know, why that's the case and and what's going on there. And at the end of our conversation, I asked him if there were uh, some students from the college who he believes uh, still love the idea of church and are loyal to church and do come at this with the belief that uh, what God's going to do, he's going to do through the local church because the local church is the body of Christ. And, um, and so I asked, you know, are there a couple students that could sit down with me and talk about their generation, this generation, and their attitude towards church? And he said, yeah, I got a couple, couple students that really do get it. And, and so we did this. Last week I sat down with Professor Forrestal, uh, who I'd had that conversation with, and two students, Molly Sharp, who uh, certainly lives up to her last name, very sharp, and <laughs> uh, Sherwin Yang. And both of them did a great job helping me understand uh, their generation's attitude towards church. And uh, again, I've covered a lot of topics already in this podcast, but I think this could be one of the most critical, relevant interviews that I've done. And uh, I do hope that you will pass this around, particularly to younger people that you know. Uh, I appreciate it so much, Molly and Sherwin and Forrest, for their willingness to sit down with me to do this interview. In fact, I appreciate it so much. I invited them to my house the next week for a delicious Indian curry, uh, for which I have been famous. Uh, I'm well known for my curry dinners. So anyway, let's go ahead and join in on that conversation now with Forrest, Molly, and Sherwin on the topic of the optional church generation. All right, I am at the Warner Missions building uh, at Tacoa Falls College, and I have three people sitting around me around the mic, and we tested the mic. It sounds great. We're ready to roll here. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves real quick here? I'm Sherwin, and this is my third year at Tacoa Falls College. I'm Molly, and I'm a sophomore here. My name is Forrest Shell, and I, I'm a part-time teacher out here at Tacoa, as well as I work for the Christian Missionary Alliance with Candidate Development. Okay, and uh, Forrest, you helped set this up, got these guys in this, and what was the, as you understood, what was the purpose of us having this uh, interview today and yeah. selecting these two guys, Molly and, and Sherwin, to the table here, yeah. Liter- literally to the table. That's right, yeah, <laughs> we're here. Uh, just, you and I were talking the other day at a panel, just discussing the importance of our students getting involved in ministry itself. And so many wait until after they graduate to jump into ministry. So these are two students uh, at the college that are actually involved in ministry right now, preparing themselves before graduation. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to just letting it be contagious. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll just jump in here, and then through this, I'll have you guys share a little bit about more who you are. I told you that this could go a lot of different directions here. So Molly, when you when you uh, you you uh, you interact with a lot of people here at the college. Uh, what do you see uh, in terms of level of interest in ministry and church? One of the things Forrest and I talked about is how in this generation we sense that maybe churches, uh, there's not a high value to it. What are you observing? What are you concerned about? And then, uh, Sherwin, you answer that too afterwards. Well, I think that there are a lot of students who would be more involved in a church or a ministry mm-hmm. where they define something that they felt like was the right fit for them. Okay. But I'm not sure that everyone's looking for that. 
um, it's kind of hard, you know, when you have so many other responsibilities and we get trapped in this bubble here. Um, it's easy to be comfortable just pouring into the school and not be pouring into our community here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it made me think when you mentioned um, you know something that they can you didn't use that term but connect with. I, I hear a lot today that uh, people will join a mission or a church as long as there's personal value to that. Uh, Forrest, what's your do you see that and as you're leading this generation into ministry? Yeah, I think so, and this is something we could talk about later as well. A lot of people leave the church because they're not either engaged or they don't find engagement in the church. They don't feel like that their ministry is important, and as well, they're not finding community. So yeah. several studies, Pew has done this, Barna has just showed that there's disengagement and maybe some disillusionment from the local church, and so they've left the church. Yeah, probably our generation would be more, you know, we're committed to church. So it doesn't matter whether there's a place for us you know to to serve and we're just committed to it that's changed a lot and and uh in in terms of connection to church as well as to you know maybe going overseas missions uh i'll stay as long as i feel valued whereas before i'll stay till i die you know so uh sharon what about you what are you hearing what what concerns you what excites you yeah. um i think just in the community that i'm involved here at Tacoa. I, I agree very much so with um, what Dr. Professor Shell said, um, where he says that a lot of students, when they don't have a position or they don't feel valued in their ministry, they can be very discouraged and that can um, really kind of help, kind of you know, discourage them in their schooling, mm-hmm. number one. Um, and when they don't do well in school, they tend to leave school. Um, when they don't do well in school and they don't feel that they have a ministry and that they're significant in their mm. ministry, they would tend to back off ministry and become an uh, attendee, um, not be one to minister to, but be one that we would have to minister to, um, in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that things that I've um, observed that I'm excited about is that there's a lot of peers, um, a lot of friends are on campus that challenge me in my education mm. and my ministry um, and through their faithfulness and their ministry as well. That's good. I love that. I think that there's that. a very good balance of yeah. the two. Well, um, what, what are you guys doing? What are you preparing for, Molly? So I study, um, it's called Sustainable Community Development, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really cool missions major that focuses on poverty alleviation. And it has some really cool parts to the program. And we have a really beautiful farm here on campus. But I'm interested in just spreading the gospel and... Um, using that as my way to have uh, interactions with people overseas. Awesome. I love that. Uh, that sustainable farm is my granddaughter's favorite place to go, by the way. Mm-hmm. And she's not necessarily motivated by the gospel. It's more petting the goats and feeding the chickens right now. Hopefully the gospel will be part of it. It'll come. <laughs> she's young yet. Yeah, right now, right now she's limited to this, this yeah. the, the momentary satisfaction of seeing an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Sharon? I'm a biblical studies major um, with a pastoral minor with a focus on wanting to do church planning ministry. I really want to get involved in the church after I finish here at Tacoa, and then uh, planning to do church planting, um, hopefully doing my master's in church planting in the near future after uh, obviously being involved in church. And I, I really want to go, uh, long-term goal, go back to Thailand mm-hmm. um, and do ministry there and do church planting there. and. I have a, a base there where I can really reach out to um, 
countries like Vietnam and Laos mm-hmm. where they're very persecuted for their faith and mm-hmm. to encourage them in their faith and encourage brothers and sisters who uh, are followers of Jesus there. Yeah, you you mentioned church planting a couple times, so again, this segues into what we want to talk about. Yeah, in your mind, in your theology, church planting is essential to carrying out that mission? I think uh, church planting is essential to community. Um, community and where we build a community that not only encourages you in your faith, but challenges you mm-hmm. um, to build a a church that will build many other leaders to do the same. Mm-hmm. I think that Paul gives a, a very good example where he um, b- builds many leaders in every place that he goes, and he builds leaders to lead the church there. He churches plants, uh, each uh, church plants in every kind of like like. Uh, I like churches plant. And, That's uh, yeah. that, I like. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think just being here at Tacoa, I've seen that example through um, Paul and taking, especially taking the uh, Book of Acts class with mm-hmm. Dr. Burris mm. has really. Um, opened my eyes to the ministry uh, that I've seen that could be possible in Thailand. Yeah, 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 because in Acts you see the development of the church and how uh, what God's going to do, he's going to do. What he does, he does through the church. I, I, a guy that's mentored me in the last five to ten years, I was pretty significantly involved in some church planting when I was a senior pastor not far from here. And Dwight Smith, I don't know if you've heard from him, International Church Saturation or... Ch- Saturation Church International is the name of his ministry. But he would often say that, that what God is going to do, he's going to do through the local church. And um, so when you talk about, Molly, sustainable developments, your heart is what you envision possibly going overseas, re, you know, presenting the gospel through that means. Uh, and you're thinking at this stage in your life, how important is the development of the church as well? Because what you're looking at is is a point of connection with people, helping people maybe develop means of growing things. Uh, so in your thinking, where does church fit into, into that? Yeah, so I would definitely encourage um, whomever I'm working with, whatever the circumstance is, to be involved in the local church. And maybe at first, um, that's not what you start with. Maybe that's not the opener, like, mm-hmm. oh, you should go to this church. But to love them and to show them who Christ is through the way that we live and the mm-hmm. way that we interact and and just teaching them that through gardening and through uh, helping people. And so then through that, being able to introduce them to a church and to a community of believers mm-hmm. that can strengthen those uh, little seeds that you plant in people's hearts. Yeah. Have you been overseas? Yeah. I've been to Haiti and the Dominican Republic a couple of times. Okay. Have you used the sustainable development approach there or, or observed it there? Was that the reason you went to to um, see that? The first time I went was mostly just an evangelistic trip, but um, I learned a lot from that experience. And then when I went back, it was a medical missions trip to Haiti, but I was more of just an observer and kind of learning how missions, organizations, and the local church actually interacts because we were partnering alongside uh, two alliance churches Mm -hmm. in Haiti. Okay, okay, awesome. So this is an extension of the local church too, the sustainable development. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, Forrest, part part of what you do here is you're uh, helping students process into ministry. Mainly part of your job is with the Christian Missionary Alliance to do that, what what are you hearing? What are you sensing? Maybe the same question I'm asking these guys. What are what are you seeing happening in the in people's thinking regarding church and the importance of church being sent by a church, being involved in a church? 
Yeah, I think that um, I think that its church is important to the students. Their attendance sometimes is <laughs> a waning from uh, all nighters they're doing for sure, class sure, and this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So, my just my encouragement for them is to start putting some of the head knowledge they're getting into practice. Mm-hmm. And so, the same things they're wanting to say to their congregations or to where they're working. So, it's a tithing, uh, being faithful mm. to the church, and, and giving back to start doing that now in their local churches and being led by their church and really being a part of the edification process mm-hmm. of the church itself is being part of the body. Uh, and so before we can lead the body, we need to be a part of the body. So this has been par- part of my encouragement for them is to be actively involved in that. And I think as these guys were saying about church planting, I think it's all about relationship. And I think this is what a young generation is, is all about relationship. And by setting up those relationships with whoever we're working with, we're slowly bringing about bodies of Christ which will edify each other and use the gifts that God has given mm-hmm. us to establish His church. Yeah, I love that. So, um, if Sherwin, if we look ahead, you know, we, we often hear the statement that your generation is the future leaders of the, of the church or, or society. Um, that scares us sometimes. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> What, what do you think the church will look like with you all as leaders in 20 years? Uh, I think that's uh, definitely something that I don't think about enough. Um, <laughs> so it's a good that, thing I'm bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that we have a lot of faithful um, students here at Tacoma that would be able to lead, a ch- lead the church to fear the Lord, uh, number one, I think. Mm. Uh, learn to fear the Lord and learn how to serve and just being around Tacoa and the way that Tacoa is um, cultivating the culture here and, and building community. Mm-hmm. I think that we uh, kind of students here will learn how to build community within their churches to um, not only build community, but learn how to branch off and build their own communities um, where we can bring many people to know the Lord through our faithfulness and just through our common um, common love of God. Yeah, yeah. good. Good. You know, what uh, What happens, I think, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on this too, but I'll ask Molly first that um, people probably, students probably come here from a church, They and they're thinking probably are looking to engage in church, but during this time there's this vacuum, you know, you're, as you said, Forrest, you're busy with so many things, you know, church might be important, but there's not a lot of engagement in it. Um, what, Molly, what do you think um, can keep people still connected, still interested in church when there's so much going on and you're in this kind of bubble here? Yeah, well, I think you have to be intentional um, in and of yourself to find that church. And so there's lots of churches out there, and I think that's really discouraging as a college student coming from a church maybe you grew up at that you have to look for a church now. It's yeah, not just yeah. this is the church that my family goes to. And so there's it's an overwhelming amount of options in the Bible belt here. Mm-hmm. And so it's becomes like very comfortable to just pew hop when you have a chance to just go to church and be there. But then some weeks maybe you're busy and it's okay to not go to church because you're not connected at one. Mm-hmm. And so once you're intentional about finding a church and connecting there and going to the things that they have and getting to know the people there, then it becomes something that you're really passionate about being a part of because you know people and you want to see them week after week mm-hmm. and you want to be growing in the Lord. And so just 
finding something and plugging in is really important. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and um, I, I imagine, too, there's a temptation to say, hey, we attend chapel and we're in mm-hmm. Bible classes and these are, you know, th- that's a substitute for it. But it, you can get out of the habits and, and maybe even possibility of, of graduating and having lost interest in it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it, it, I've, I've got some questions related to, well, we'll jump into this now. I, we, we hear people say sometimes that, you know, church is not important. It's serving Jesus. It's loving Jesus. Um, how do you balance that, Sherwin? I mean, can you, can you love Jesus, serve Jesus, and not be part of a local church? I think serving the church is loving Jesus. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I did not write that down in front of you. Yeah. Um, Say I, that again. I like that. I, I, I don't think you can serve uh, Jesus and love Jesus without the church. Yeah. Um, I think that Christ exemplifies this. Um, we see this symbolic... Um, I'm in Daniel, uh, Daniel Revelations class, and... John writes a lot about a symbolic uh, church and the body of Christ and um, that being the church uh, mm-hmm. and that he will come for the people he loves and and that's the church and uh, we exemplify Christ and serve Christ as he serves the church and we can't do it outside of the church. Um, do you hear do you hear your peers though saying hey you know what's important is loving Jesus serving Jesus mm-hmm. and it's not important to be part of uh, of a church? I haven't heard it um, personally. Um, Do you hear that, Forrest? Uh, Do you I see think that? Some, sometime I think that when you're involved in a church, there's accountability. Mm-hmm. And so not just young people, but mm-hmm. all of us, when we don't get tied into a local church, we're, we're staying just on the fringes where maybe attend, but we don't get tied in, so there's no accountability for mm-hmm. us. And so I think that's a big, a big issue that I see mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we see today we did not see back in my generation are mega churches uh rock star celebrity pastors i mean not to be disparaging I, maybe i am uh, but that's often used you know kind of that uh that stereotype of uh of rock stars you know people that are a single person who is very well known and and people are drawn to them and that's shaped the whole mega movement um how how do you um what what's going on here? Are you, are you, are you is that good? Is that bad? Is 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 there still a cry in your generation for small for intimacy? I, I've been reading more about that. That your generation is looking more for authenticity. Yeah, Molly. Yeah. So I go to a very small church and I love it. It mm-hmm. is my place. It feels like my family away from home. But I still feel like there are good things about big mega churches and cool churches mm-hmm. and like hip churches because it's drawing in a different dynamic and a different group of people that might not come to a small simple church and even if it's controversial what's being done to attract people to this church if they're being shown the love of God and being taught um, good scriptural truth yeah then I think that it's valuable to have these big mega churches and and so it just comes down to personal preference in a mm-hmm. way. But you, per, what do you like about a small church? I like knowing people by name. That's and, good. Yeah. And yeah, the family aspect mm-hmm. of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, lo- I love that answer. I, I've uh, the older I get, the more I find myself. When I, I'd say twenty years ago, I wanted to pastor a really big church, 
and I actually got a chance to pastor a big church, and that disillusioned me. <laughs> and now I'm an interim pastor of a church of about 40 people. I love it because I get really connected with people, and I've been doing this for uh, eight months. I'm going to continue doing it till August, and I absolutely love it. If I if I ever did get back to pastoring, I'd, I would not want a church over 100 people because as a pastor, you, you really get to know your people, and as you prepare, you're, it's personalized to you. You, know, you're, you feel like you're... You know who you're preaching to. You know their needs. You know what they're going through. I love what you said, Molly, about uh, as long as they're preaching the word, as long as the gospel is being preached. Um, I just wonder if when the gospel is being preached, if those things that are attractional become less important mm-hmm. because people are so drawn to the gospel. What's your... Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's sometimes the case, especially if they're following a leader mm-hmm. and not necessarily church. And so sometimes we see as well people... Are not in, are less into denominations, and so that's why there's they flow back and forth a church hop. Uh, maybe some of the dangers is if that leader rock star falls, and we've seen that with Mark Driscoll and, mm-hmm. and others. Um, you know Willow Creek. There's some of those issues out there, and so when that happens, people lose some of their their faith or disillusionment. Um, but as well, maybe not even in the Bible, Corinthians talks about. Uh, I'm following Peter. Or yeah, Paul, yeah, that's true. It they happened, had yeah. their, their rock stars back yeah, then. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a yeah, good point. Super, possibly. super apostles, they called them. Yeah, uh-huh. And Paul used that term in a disparaging way. He was not, yeah. uh, he was not really complimenting that, uh, mm-hmm. that tendency. And, uh, and that term, by the way, is used today by some of these celebrity true. pastors. Yeah. They refer to themselves as super apostles. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're reminded, uh, hey, that was not used in a, in a positive way back in, in, in Corinthians. Right. Uh, my son tells a story of uh, my son's in ministry as well. Uh, he's a writer and producer for Student Life, it's, uh, which is a, a camp ministry. And he was visiting. He was doing a photo sh- or a video shoot of a family. I think there had been a tragedy in the family, and they were going to interview the, the family. And there was a, a teenage son that he interviewed as part of this. And he went in the guy's bedroom, and he had in his wall posters of these celebrity pastors <laughs> mm. and my son just walked away from there that's that's kind of odd you know usually it's justin bieber and, you know, <laughs> and now there's 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 this pastor on a poster in his room um which i i guess is is better than than uh, i had a basketball player as a when i was in high school mm. to, life-size posters like seven feet tall will chamberlain <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the 60s yes, he played. Uh-huh. I, that was back in the 70s when i had that so yeah great great point for us i love that and, and what you guys have contributed to that is really helpful what, what about you you're you're we haven't mentioned this you're from among uh, heritage yeah. what what are you seeing there i mean you're uh, you're second generation i would say third third generation yeah. okay um third generation in the United States, mm-hmm. I would say. Okay, okay. Second or third. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I think being in the Hmong Church, it's kind of cool. My home church back in Michigan, it's a decent size. It's about 300 people, 300 members. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church I serve at here in South Carolina, there's only about 60 people, maybe about okay. 100. Oh, so you, yeah, when I met you this morning, you were talking about having been part of a church. You are currently mm-hmm. serving in a church mm-hmm. uh, as you're in college. So you're right. driving, how far do you drive to? An hour and a half. An hour and a half, every every Sunday, a couple yeah. times a week, or just on uh, Sunday? Just Sundays. Wow. We usually okay. go up a Friday and say the weekend. Okay. And come back Sunday. Wow. Just you or several of you? Uh, two of my um, colleagues. Okay. My roommate okay. and another friend. Yeah. Okay. Why do you do that? Uh, 
I think that they're a church that I've grown to to love, and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to just be faithful to them since I began my ministry with them. Uh, there's a couple single adults and youth that uh, I've um, kind of invested in. Um, the pastor there, he allows us to do uh, do a lot of the ministry there. He sees the significance in the TFC students' ministry there, although his um, the, the leaders may not like it as much mm-hmm. uh, or... They think that they kind of use us as a replacement for youth pastors, mm-hmm. and so they don't have to pay for <laughs> you, 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 I would, you I kind of stress they're yeah. using you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good explo- exploitation, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You'll take yeah. it. Sherman, that's great that you're involved the way you are now in college. Molly, what about you? What are you doing right now as you're in college related mm-hmm. to ministry? Yeah, well, the church that I go to is very small and only has a couple of little ministry opportunities. And so I decided to uh, go beyond that and get involved in the community here in ministry. And so there's this really unique and kind of cool uh, ministry in town here that's an ice cream shop that employs teenagers, but it's also a community center run by Christians Mm. that are attracting in youth from the community to come and to spend time with these leaders that are around. There's some really good Christian people involved there. Um, And it kind of is a way to introduce them to Christ without the pressure of church and without um, the traditional church Mm -hmm. atmosphere. And so there's a few students from around the college that have been involved there. And it's really a great way to get to know people and to get to share our hearts for the Lord. Um, And it leads to lots of really interesting and valuable conversations. I bet it does. Yeah, Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, and I love the fact that you're attending church and then also finding a way to serve in in a very practical way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Great. Sherwin, looks like you have something to add to that. Go ahead. I think being able to be in, uh, to see kind of like a big church versus a small church. Mm -hmm. My big church back home, I would say when when the pastor is kind of, uh, I guess, on a pedestal or he's kind of the superhero pastor, Mm -hmm. the church starts to depend on him Mm -hmm. um, and not on God. Um, And especially if the pastor may lead in a way where he kind of runs the show. Uh, He doesn't, in a sense, disciple his leaders to help run run the show. He kind of runs the show himself. And when he leaves... It kind of leaves the church dry, mm-hmm. and then they don't have leaders who know how to lead the church, and and that's when we start to have church splits. Um, yeah, interesting, um, interesting. The church starts to die off. Single adults leaves, youth members leave, mm. uh, church families leave. They'll leave to different churches. I think that it becomes unhealthy. Yeah, but what you're seeing now, though, in the church you're involved with, they're wanting to invest in young leaders, mm-hmm. and uh, the church is stronger for that. That church might not necessarily yeah. be stronger for it, but they're they're investing in you guys, and yeah. as you spread exactly. out and go away, the church yeah. the church universal is stronger because of that. I love that. Uh, let's let's um, let's talk theology a little bit here. Um, this this is the part that I think it's fun, <laughs> and for us, I'll I'll ask you first and. The way I worded this and the notes I gave you guys is uh, I couched it like this, that there's a, uh, a de-minimizing of the church. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, and this is generalizing across from what I've read and seen across the board in your gen- generation. There's a, you know, the value of church is de-minimized. Um, and, I, and with that, there's a, a diminishing of an emphasis on, on the gospel. And I remember meeting with one of the profs here, uh, someone that Forrest is related to. Uh, we won't mention his name, a great guy. <laughs> 
And uh, and he he shocked me when he said that a lot of students that come here, even preparing for ministry, are are not solid on their doctrine of of eternity, you know, heaven, hell. Uh, those things, and that was interesting to me. And uh, the way I view it, sometimes that that you know Jesus is viewed more as a a life coach. You know, so in the preaching that we hear today, it's more you know we we rely on Jesus because he he, he gives us what we need to do well in relationships and finances and marriage. He's a life coach, and there's not a lot of emphasis on him being our savior. Uh, so what? what first of all, let's talk. Have you responded to that for us? What What are you seeing? You're in this kind of in this uh, in the center of this with this generation you're also you've been a missionary yourself pastor what are you what are you seeing what are you concerned about coming back to the u.s it's definitely i think that's the case Um, some studies show 50 to 60 percent of young adults believe there is a hell and then of those that have gone on to college those graduated from college i think the number goes down to maybe 12 Mm percent i think what pew said that actually believe in hell now this is just generally just christian non-christian across the board for sure okay but at the same time, even those that are studying the subject here at the college have differing views. And mm. I think Molly and I were talking about this, and she can share this in a minute. But even our college students struggle with that. So if there, if there is no repercussion, if there is no need for a relationship, it makes it really hard for the students yeah. to be proactive in doing evangelism. And well, the motivation is different, isn't yeah, it? For yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and so therefore, we're just going to go be good because no matter what happens, as long as we're good, be good to the world, mm. improve, yeah, improve life, life around us. Yeah, yeah. then everything's going to be good because God is not a God that's going to uh, judge mm-hmm. anyone, and especially it's really tough for the younger generation because um, they struggle at judging mm-hmm. others. I think that's some of the, the backlash from the, our generations. The where, tolerance thing, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we've been criticized for being too judgmental, our generation. Sorry, it's our fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now <laughs> their generation has swung the opposite side where there is, yeah. there is no absolute. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, Molly, what are you what are you saying? Yeah, so in my theology class, we talked about the different perspectives of hell, which I found kind of interesting that a lot more students were um, leaning more towards this side of of that there's kind of maybe a second chance for people after they die or maybe that there's something more that we don't know about and just really made me think like if we're not thinking of hell as this place that people go to I don't know exactly who's gonna go and who's not gonna go but I know that if I have Christ, that I'm going to heaven. And so if if I'm thinking of that, that hell is a place that people that is real and that people are going to go to, mm-hmm. it should motivate us to tell people the truth yeah. of Christ. Yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, the, again, not, not to, uh, when you say struggle, um, I mean, yeah, we all struggle. I struggle with it. You know, C.S. Lewis said if there's one doctrine he wishes he could get rid of, that would be yeah. the doctrine that, that he would. And uh, I'll wake up at night sometime and just shudder at that. And it's confusing. You know, it's confusing that uh, that there will be people who, who will really be forever, ever in, in place of torment. Again, the Bible is very clear about this. Uh, and it was a lot easier in our generation, and I think society even kind of accepted this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but when we when I graduated from here in 85, I mean, we were constantly reminded. Uh, we, in fact, we didn't need to be reminded, but there was this, this constant stress that they're going to hell. We better go out there and rescue them and do everything we can. 
So the motivation uh, for missions, for ministry back then, was a lot more uh, specifically related to transcendent issues, to life, death, eternity, and uh, less so, certainly less so today. But I agree with Forrest. I think society has confused you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've been affected so much by the whole relativism and Mm -hmm. tolerance message that's out there. Um, what's your perspective, Sherwin, on this? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, just looking at it from a historical perspective, just seeing how the church kind of shifted. Um, mm-hmm. The church shifted from a time where the church was kind of the base of um, Christianity was the base of everyone's meta narrative. Um, we kind of had this idea that you know Christianity is the way, um, and then shifting to a culture where now it's science is trying to prove us wrong Mm -hmm. um you need to find absolutism if it's not absolute and it's not real and it's not physical then it's hard to to say that i can believe it yeah um we've come to this place where it's uh if i don't believe if i don't want to believe it i don't have to Mm -hmm. um uh, my parents can't force me to i can believe what i want kind of deal and because of that many people have gone and made their own gone berserk and made their own theology mm-hmm. or their own faith um and they've kind of drawn away from the, the gospel so does it burden sense. you guys to hear peers in this even context you know christian context that that don't believe in eternal punishments and do you have strong debates i mean is this something that you guys wrestle over with each other i think sometimes we kind of just put it to the side Mm. because it's one of those things that's so hard like if someone outside of the faith asks you about these kind of questions it's so confusing to explain and it's just one of those hard questions of what we believe and so i think that we kind of just take a step back from that sometime um but i know that it's important to encourage um, evangelism with this other aspect of ministry of helping people. Yeah. And so if we're coming alongside people and we're doing good things in this community, we also need to present the word of Christ because that's the, the end and ultimate goal is to teach people about mm-hmm. uh, God and to, to glorify him. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to incorporate um, the reality of hell into when we're discipling and speaking with people, but that might not be the, the way to approach it from the start. That might just turn people away or tell them that we're closed-minded or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think what, what your generation is doing better than ours is the whole social responsibility. I think we, we were probably too much more about the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love what I'm seeing. I mean, a lot of my, my kids' Uh, generation, they're they're in their 20s now, uh, late 20s. They they you know mission trips that have been more about alleviating suffering, helping with you know uh, get people out of sex slavery, mm-hmm. things like that. And I have great conversations with my two kids about this because they they come back and and we 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 all agree uh, as a family that uh, yeah you can you can rescue someone out of something but they can still go to hell, mm-hmm. you know, and you can feed a stomach but still you know spiritually they don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I mean, that's part of the other uh, aspect of this is, you know, social justice versus evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, social justice has become evangelism, I think, in, in our current evangelicalism. What's your thought on that, Forrest? How do you respond to that? I really like what Tim Keller uh, usually talks about when he talks about this topic of just that both word and deed <clears throat> ministry mm-hmm. needs to go hand in hand. So he just explains it that, you know, the world is totally fine with uh, deed ministry. There's no, you know, they're not stopping that. They're happy with that. 
Um, now, they're a little more offended by uh, word ministry, but what he gets at is that if you're doing one without the other, it's not really going to be productive. Yeah. So if we're doing just word ministry, the world sees that as we're just trying to enlarge uh, our tribe or is seen more as proselytizing or making converts. And if we're just doing the deed ministry, you know, we're just putting a Band-Aid on a critical, critically ill patient. And so by doing both together is really when it opens up the world to see that we care about their body, their mind, mm-hmm. their soul. And so I think it's much more holistic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's that's a great way to wrap up this this part of that. Any, anything else to add to that, guys? Um, I mean, this has been, I think we got into some pretty raw stuff there. And I appreciate your honesty and hopefully... If people listen to this and they're struggling with it, I, I hope that uh, it's good. I, I think people need to be struggling with this. Um, did I ask you guys what you're planning on doing? Um, or maybe that was before I hit bit. record a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I can't remember if I asked you that before I hit record or not. So, Molly, what, what are you expecting? Where do you think you'll be in five years from now? In five years from now, um, hopefully I will be at maybe an in-between between college and career where I can pay off my student loans mm-hmm. because that's a very real and important thing that I need to take care of. But, okay, good. Ten um, years then? Ten years from now? Ten years from now. I would love to be overseas full-time. Okay. In um, a setting... I, well, I'm not entirely sure where the Lord is leading me, but just um, in whatever He has for me, I'm excited for it and I'm ready. Great attitude. Yeah, even if you did think you knew where he's leading you, it's probably going to go a lot differently mm-hmm. than you thought. <laughs> Isn't that right, Forrest? I agree, yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Sharon? What do you, where do you think you'll be five years and then ten years from now? Yeah, five years, I, I definitely want to be plugged into church and pursuing my master's and just learning more, being equipped more, and in the perspective of church planning. Mm-hmm. So that in my ten years, I'd be ready to be church planning and kind of just following my vision uh, of what God God's put on my heart being in Thailand and um, setting a foundation for not just myself, but future leaders that can uh, branch out and do ministry in mm-hmm. places where it's hard to do ministry. Uh, awesome. Again, Vietnam and Laos and China. Awesome. Good. And places like yeah, that. I yeah. love that. I love that. Well, thanks so much, guys, for taking the time. And you probably noticed I promised to take you guys out to eat. <laughs> and I might invite you just to my home and yeah. have a meal there. So, Forrest, any, anything to sort of wrap this up? Any thoughts as we've been reflecting on this topic? I think the topic is is a great topic, something we need to be dealing with, and uh, really to bring just others around this this table to discuss these things with college students and mm-hmm. for for pastors to be able to see how they can engage or re-engage students and being relevant, how the church can be relevant on this topic, and then for students to see the heart of the pastor mm-hmm. and to come alongside him while they're preparing and join forces with what he's doing because... We're, we're all about building God's church, and yeah. so we need both sides yeah. of it, the, the leaders as well as future leaders to get practice and as well breathe in, breathe new life, new ideas and creativity into mm-hmm. the, the mix. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and the you know, high view of church is related to this, these theological tensions we've been talking about. I think if we have a proper ecclesiology, we're going to have, I think, a correct theology in, in terms of social justice, evangelism. Uh, so I, I think it's good that we we wrap both of those things in this in this conversation. So uh, Molly, Sherwin, Forrest, thanks so much for yeah. being part of this. You, you, my, my two listeners are going to be really excited. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for being part of this Before You Quit podcast. And again, I hope that this was encouraging and challenging to you. I would encourage you to pass this on to others that you know who are in ministry, not in ministry, young people who are preparing for ministry, pastors, church elders. Again, I think this is a topic that uh, that needs to be heard, and uh, the conversation needs to continue because, uh, again, as we stated, these are the future leaders of our church. And uh, it's just encouraging to me to see some, some solid young people out there uh, but again, knowing that the trends in our culture today are are moving away from um, commitment to Christ happening through the local church. I loved how Sherwin stressed that when I asked them the question. Um, so again, thank you for listening. And if you have any comments or questions about anything we've talked about on Before You Quit regarding this episode or other episodes, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. And uh, hey, lots of blogs that I've written and other podcasts you can go and read and listen to at www.beforeyouquit.us. So until next week, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so until next time, stay encouraged. <laughs>